Welcome to Novell Open Audio. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. And I'm Justin Taylor. And today in the studio with us, we have Ken Stevens with ACS. Ken, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Ken, what do you do for ACS? So my official title is Senior Vice President in Global IT Strategy and Delivery. What that really means is I'm responsible for setting our overall IT strategy and then the execution of that strategy, really. We have Steve Hauser also with ACS. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. And what do you do for ACS? I'm in our Chief Technology Office. Okay. Now, ACS, mm -hmm. i got to understand who you guys are and what you really do. Sure. So ACS is an outsourcing company. We grew up as an IT outsourcing company, and we've branched out into business process outsourcing and other IT areas as well, but all IT related. Now, when you say outsourcing, does that mean on-site at customers, like you're coming in, you're taking over their IT department, or are you doing like ASP type hosted systems? All of the above. Our high-level business strategy is customer intimacy. And what that means in simple terms is we try to be flexible and engineer solutions that make sense specifically for our clients. We asked you guys to come in here and tell us a little bit about what ACS is doing, but one of the things, I mean, just being selfish that I'm really interested in is why are you using Novell products? And, and what exactly are you doing with Novell products that are helping you create some of these solutions for your customers? Our strategy is about working with Novell and, and others to take all of those capabilities and those tools and those technologies that allow you to move those packages of work from platform to platform and to be able to do that in an automated fashion. We would like to empower our customer base, procure, provision those services, that workload, whenever they so wish and ramp it up or down in a moment's notice and at the same time fully empower them with all the integration and automation to move that workload dynamically as they see fit. And so we work with ACS, we work with Novell to develop this automation and integration that allows us to move that workload from platform to platform. So whether it's virtualization or whether it's identity management built into our automation and integration, then we couple all those tools together and empower our, our user base to take advantage of this new flexibility. You mentioned a, a couple things there. You know, you mentioned about having a person have the ability to provision their own workload and have that automatically spin up. What does that really mean? Can you give me like a real world example of what that means to a person? Yeah, absolutely. Cloud is the hot topic today. Everybody sure. is familiar with the cloud. If you just kind of think in simple terms, if I'm a user and I want to fire up an application to test some new functionality. But I don't want to in do anything with my data center environment or my production environment or what have you, right? And so, but I want to fire up this application, test this new capability, and then shut it back down. And I don't want to go buy new hardware and wait 60 days for someone to install it and load the, I don't want to go through that whole thing. So I can go out on the internet, and I can, via software, I can provision a server application, like middleware capability, fire all that up, in a matter of minutes. I can load my application on it, do my testing, run my test for you know a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, or months, whatever is appropriate for the business. And then when I'm done, I shut it down, I release the server, and it goes back to wherever it came from. And the nice thing about that is that could have been a clone of an existing server so that we could, in effect, be working on exact copy the live data of the server that we're getting ready to make that tweak to anyway. So we can really see how it's going to impact the users that are hitting that. And if not, if it's something new we're building, mm -hmm. one of the neat things is we have the ability to build it off of standards, which I'd imagine in your business, 
trying to get things down to standards is one of the best things you can do to really provide people with the services they need. It's a huge challenge. And so the more we can drive to standards as an industry, and ACS is certainly pushing in this direction, but the more we can drive to standards, the better off we are because that positions us to offer cloud services on a broader scale because the more standard it becomes, the simpler it is for us as a provider to make that available. Yeah, and if you start to think about this cloud and something that Novell's thought about for a while, but how does ACS see things change, let's say, in the identity side of the house? Because it's an interesting piece when now you're going to have the core for most businesses begin to shift into that cloud. How do you balance that out for those customers? You know, with the public and the private clouds is actually quite different. And so if you think about in private cloud environments, then customers' data is largely protected. You kind of firewall everything in and the amount of security and identity, you can have more control. And so then you're really talking about departmental levels of security, which is important. But then when you introduce the public cloud, now you've introduced a whole new level of security. At that point, you're talking about cross-company security as well. And so that's really where identity management and security play a major role in the cloud services. And that's the challenge that we have as an industry have to address. How can we make applications and capabilities available in a public cloud environment fully integrated into a customer's business in a secure fashion. And that's our challenge. And one of the key reasons why we've partnered with Novell is because you really are a leader in the security space and you are, of course, you know, our standard platform for security and identity management. And it is an interesting thing because if you think about cloud, customers do focus on the simplicity of it. And it is very simple if you just want to go to Amazon or come out to ACS and just spin up a basic VM. But the complexity ratchets up dramatically when you want to take what you just spun up and integrate it back into other systems that are running in your main data center. So you still have the same IT requirements around reliability, availability, scalability, and security. So as soon as you start to blend the two of public and private, you have all the same IT challenges that we've all been working on for 20 plus years. Yeah, except those resources are no longer in-house. They're no longer in-house. I mean, and you have deeper and new security challenges, and that's where we really see Novell adding value in some of the newer things that you're doing. Now, I mean, certainly you have your history of identity management, directory federation. These are all very important building blocks, but then where you're starting to go with the cloud security services and starting to manage those workloads across public and private clouds. That's a great direction. Then also, just so many different performance criteria. We're focusing on security in the cloud, but there's all the other aspects. The I.O. of your storage, yeah. the latency that your users experience accessing the applications. There's so much variability across the public clouds. And, and that's also a new opportunity for us. I mean, if you think about it, our customers have outsourced their IT to ACS. Do they really want to get back in the business of understanding the nuance of all these different cloud providers out there? I don't think so. And they are asking us in our quarterly sessions, help us navigate this new world of public cloud and bring to bear some of the enterprise compute capabilities that you deliver in our legacy environments. And that is a great opportunity, I think, for ACS to do that. It is, and I, I, I just add to that, if I could. The public cloud is that the innovation capabilities introduced to companies, when you can integrate public and private clouds together and deliver services, becomes enormous. 
because now you're not waiting on kind of the big companies of old to innovate and make something available. Now, anybody can create a service or a product, make it available on the public internet very, very quickly, and you can integrate it into your company very, very quickly. And that is a whole new level of innovation that potentially is coming into business that's never been envisioned. So it's a whole new wave of business that's you know we're on the brink of. And it's so exciting. And that actually brings up a key point, because that's one of the things I, I did wrong when I first started to think about cloud computing, which is the first time I saw what Amazon was doing, mm-hmm. I was like, well, yeah, that's great for all these big companies that want to run all their workloads up there. And then you start to dig into it, and you really think about it, and it's like, well, sure, it's cool for them, but man, if I'm a little small startup, that is killer because I now don't need to buy all these boxes and I can pay for just what I really want to use. That is exactly right. And that's just the brink, right? Yeah. That's just the very beginning of the discussion. And so you look around and you see all these startup companies with their new service offerings and new capabilities and new price points for similar service offerings. Yeah. So now a company can say, well, for this department, I'd have this price point, And this other department, I'd like to have a different price point with all new technology, all new capabilities, but just different price points. And yet, you're still talking about the same fundamental service, but just completely different architecture, completely different technologies underneath, because you need different levels of availability or different levels of disaster recovery or what have you. And so, it really positions you as a company to take advantage of all the capabilities that's available throughout the internet yeah, in a public or private fashion. And that's just a whole new wave of business that we not envisioned before. And it's, it's impossible for anybody or any company to know everything that's available in the internet. The, the internet is too vast. And so what you end up with is service providers that leverage the breadth and depth of the skill sets. And so with ACS Xerox, we're 130,000 people, primarily all technologists. And so when you start looking at leveraging all of that knowledge and all of that skill, then the smaller companies really don't need to know everything that's available out there. And so that's really just another example of how the industry is changing very, very rapidly before our eyes. Comes more like the utilities we just expected to be on and IT must be up, it must be available. The world operates on a twenty four hour time zone, seven days a week now. It just does. The cloud offers that capability. Technology supporting the cloud, the virtualization technologies, all support making technology available and applications available 24-7. And again, that's the workload that we've heard, you know, Novell describe, you know, many times. Moving that workload around from platform to platform, from system to system, making it available 24-7, that's what business demands today. And one of the keys and one, one of the real big benefits that we get by moving things, not only into the cloud, but really just changing the way, break this whole concept of a server, and really just think of it as work that needs to be done or something that enables us to do work gets around a whole bunch of the issues that you're talking about where we were fighting this big maintenance issue before. Well, now why can't we clone the live box, do the maintenance on the clone and see if it breaks anything, see if it works. If it worked, great, turn that clone into now the production server and slowly shut down the previous box that didn't get updated. And that can happen with upgrades, that can happen with patches and fixes, with migrating. I mean, it really just by changing the whole way that we look at servers, it enables so much stuff. And you know, we're seeing it with some applications now, like Google's Mail, is always available. Yeah. Right? And yet they provide innovation and upgrades to their systems on a routine basis. Do we 
as users of those applications actually know when and how and where it happens? And the answer is no. And should we? And the answer is no yet again. We don't need to know that. Cloud is really enabling choice. I mean, whether it's email you're talking about, your database, a line of business application, and ultimately moving to a business process. Cloud is enabling different delivery mechanisms, different price points, different service level options, and it really is what you want. I mean, as an individual, you don't really want to pay anything for mail. I mean, it's just kind of absolutely free. But as you get over into the business spectrum, you're willing to pay something for mail, yeah. maybe not like what you used to pay. But there's been a lot of focus around infrastructure as a service, and that is really maturing. That's where this whole cloud thing has started. But then if you can know anything about the platform as a service, software as a service, and then business process as a service. Yeah. And I think that's where you're going to start to see some unique capabilities from an ACS Xerox perspective to start to take business processes to the cloud. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I like from talking to you guys that as far as you guys can really change the discussions that you have with customers because no longer is it saying I need 20 Windows boxes, I need X amount of Linux boxes because your customers aren't about IT. What your customers are doing is they're trying to solve business problems, right? That's all they care about is they're trying to generate revenue, they're trying to keep their costs down, and they're trying to provide this service, which might be better communication with their sales force, with their customers or whatever. And what I like is they can just have that conversation about how do we solve doing something so that we know what's going on with our sales force, and then you guys can worry about that whole back end and the whole cloud And thing. we will give you multiple choices to address that sales force need. It Absolutely. might be salesforce.com, it might be sugar.crm, or some other SFA type application, but we will aggregate best-in-class providers in these different areas, wrap some of the enterprise management and security capabilities on top of that, and deliver it to our customers. And I'd imagine also wrap policy around it so that we can say policy, anything from things that include security, who has the rights to do stuff as well as when's that thing going to be backed up? Does that need to be clustered? What happens if that were to go it's down? It's the level you of know? service. That's, that's that price point discussion. You know, How much backup do you need? Lots of choice. Well, I'm, I'm glad you used the policy word. When you think about cloud services again, and everybody likes the example, and I use the example as well, where you go out of your provision a server, you provision an application, or you provision a capability or whatever over the internet, and everybody gets that. The other example, though, of cloud services is policy-based provisioning. And so, let's say you have an application that's running, and you reach a peak time in your day or your month or whatever, and all of a sudden your application demands more resources. And so you have a policy in place via your security platform that says go out and provision more capability, more storage, more processing, more whatever, and just allow it to grow dynamically based on policy. And then, as the peak starts waning back down, you have a policy that says release that capability back to the public or the private cloud. Now you've got where the applications are, by design, growing and shrinking on an as-needed basis. And so policy becomes huge in this discussion. It's not just a matter of buying or provisioning or procuring what you need and allowing it to sit there and run. It's allowing your applications to ramp up and down on an as-needed basis automatically. And we can also use those policies to deal with a bunch of regulations. Because what we can do is we can say this specific type of application, because it's accounting, maybe because it's customer records or whatever, we don't ever want that in the public cloud. We right. only want that in the private cloud. However, some other resource, 
we might, even though it's not something you'd classically think is something you'd push to a public cloud, let's push that to a public cloud just so temporarily we have more resources available mm -hmm. to us internally. So, yeah, I mean, when I start to think about this policy, it just really winds up being everything. Well, yeah, I mean, think about this. Historically, if you deployed an ERP system, you would go out and design to your maximum utilization yeah. and purchase all of the gear to accommodate that maximum utilization. And you think about three-year amortization of that gear. Well, now you can design to a much lower threshold use and then burst out into the cloud, either private or public, based on workload to address the spikes. Yeah. And that is a different economic model. I mean, that really does start to tie back to one aspect of the cost savings. Yeah, well, the problem is with the old model, you guessed, like you said, for what your high threshold was gonna be, and then you're actually upset if your application was successful and people are actually using it heavily and all of a sudden you're running out of server capacity. You've gotta go back to the CTO or the CIO and explain to them why you need more resources. But the that. more likely scenario was you're only using 15% of what you yeah, bought. Exactly. Right. Yeah, Yeah. you're only using 15% on 80% of your Correct. different resources, but you've got other ones that are starved for resources, right. and no matter what you throw at right. them, it's never enough. Right. right. Well, Ken Stevens and Stephen Hauser from ACS, thanks a lot for sitting down and talking to Justin and I. Thanks so much Thank for you. having us. Great. Thank you. Novell Sales Talk is brought to you by Novell, Inc., you can send us feedback at salestalk at novell.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.